Tim Piles, and this is Soundchecks Flicks. I've got my partner in crime, Graham Stevens. How you doing, Graham? Doing great, buddy. Nice here, to... Here to talk another movie with another good friend. If you want to call him that. <laughs> hey, 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 shots oh, fired. I've known you a long time. I've shots seen fired. You, I've seen you in drag. You have. You just have. like Jenna. Are we ever going to get a Just Like Jenna reunion? Probably. I mean, we're all still really close. You know, there's no uh, beef. So yeah, absolutely, good. yeah. I would, I would do that for you. Maybe like your retirement. That's my inter- thank you. My retirement. I, I refuse to retire. Um, <laughs> I'll play your retirement. But that's party. our introduction, of course. Is, yes. the, is that band? Yeah. And, and I do remember uh, loving that band and supporting the band. And I just that. What video was that? It stands uh, out. Love City. So you've always been a fan of of cinematic experiences. That's a cinematic experience. Totally. That you've totally. created with that video. Yes. And, and, yes. Uh, and that band hasn't played in years now, right? What no, we... yeah. Our last show was actually here at Casbah. Um, Who booked that? And you did. Oh, okay. You did. You did. You were um, the puppet master of Just Like Jenna. But, no, I remember hitting you up on MySpace. Golly, MySpace. Right? Jesus. You hit up Tim Piles on MySpace, and then you're like, okay, here's my email. And you were like, Monday nights, cruise through, try to find me and just give me your music and then I'll listen to it. So I, that's what I did, you know, found you and you were like super rad. Like, again, there was, you know, 30 other versions of mutated Austin's out there, like Uh in different bands. And, uh, you listen to it and you're like, okay, cool. Like, I like these two songs, this song I really like, I'll play this Sunday night. Here's the shows, here's the blueprint and kind of just like guided what, with the time you could, right? I mean, how many bands? I was like to you. You were fun. I mean, yeah. you're a character. You're Thank you're you. you're uh, you're definitely a, a unique personality and individual on the music scene, and that's why you're here, because uh, you're entertaining as fuck. Uh, and, and I just <laughs> like hanging out with you. We've we've gotten to hang out quite a bit over the years. I think one of my favorite experiences is: Did you get in the river with me in in Austin, Texas? Yes, I did. We yes, did. We... Uh, we connected at a South by Southwest, and uh, my... we took the same flight. Yeah, exactly. On the way home, but before we did that, we swam in a uh, in a river. Uh, I don't know, I don't know which uh, river. I don't, it was, I don't remember but... wherever it was, but I just remember like that five day experience in Austin. Just seeing how many bands go out to that festival that aren't even like actually playing it. It made making music and performing so much easier. It like took all the pressure off. Have was, you been since then or no, just went that, that one was time? The, yeah, that was the, I just, I had done that. And then I've popped to different places like Nashville and Milwaukee. Um, Cleveland, Milwaukee. I love Vegas for, you know, different reasons, but. Um, so where does Portland. Oz Fontaine come from? That is your current musical yeah. endeavor and, and very interesting and different we're so, going to talk a little bit about it now and, and at the end we'll okay, wrap cool. up some more before we get into uh, our film and why you love this film i guess the oz fontaine birth or, or inception was when i was doing captain osmo during the end of just like jenna so like you know i saw hey this band we're growing it's phasing out and i want to i still have something to say i still want to like perform so i'm doing this like space opera again very cinematic pulling from you know, all my favorite sci-fi movies I love um, and kind of trying to create this live show with like cinematic breaks. So like in between three songs, like a a white screen pulls down and then there's this performance that did not end up working out the way I wanted, of course. So I'm at a goals game when the goals come back to San Diego and everyone's in San Diego is going crazy. So it's just these wild parties on like a $2 beer night. <laughs> and I run into uh, Fred, who's the other half of Oz Fontaine. Just, we sat randomly in the same section and he's like, Hey, I'm working on some music. Come over. Like, I know, 
you're always down to collaborate. And it just was really fun and easy. It was like a different experience. It was very at our own pace. And then we've just been being patient and building and building and building. And then, you know, again, using a playback rig and tons of cables and things go wrong and not taking yourself seriously enough in your setup process creates like crackling and, you know, failed shows. So I learned a ton during that process and we've created this brand called like the crackle boys that it's like my crew that backs me up and it's just like crackling cables. And it basically at this point we've had everything go wrong that could. So our set's so bulletproof that it's like, we're ready, but I still adopt the crackle boy. How was your freak out show? You just played Amazing. the freak out here. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Uh, Mike from wild, wild wets, uh, booked us and he's a super rad dude. It's the first time meeting him and like meeting that kind of crew oh, okay. and knowing that side. So it was definitely cool. Cause I've known, I've gone to their shows, you know, sure. for 10 years, you know, but it was kind of cool to be on the other side and you'd never um, really met Mikey. No, Harry? I mean, I've, I've sat next to him in bars and stuff. Like I know who we, have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's I, a small town. I've seen him around, but, um, he'll be, he's actually going to be a guest on here pretty soon. Oh, cool. What movie did he pick? Uh, repo man. Oh, nice. Oh. So there's a little tease for one of the upcoming yeah. ones we oh, got. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. the freakout was amazing. Um, again, Cow's Boss, so, so great. And you know Danny, the drummer right now in Ospontane, so he was so happy to play Casbah because, you know, for the past six years, I've only played Soda. So coming yeah, here. Yeah, they love you at the Soda oh, Bar. Dude, I'm going back there next month. So, you know, the return of the Soda Prince. The Goblin yeah, you had a, the you Goblin had King. You had two years of residencies there, haven't you? Year three's coming. Nice. Uh, Corey, no. Uh, hey, the Sacred Souls had a residency there, and look where they're at hey, now. Man. So I and I collect all their releases. They're amazing. They are. I amazing. love the Sacred Souls. I think they're yeah. kind of the pride of the scene right now. We're yeah. all really proud of yeah, those guys. They're, they're super rad. And we are sound check flicks. So really, we're here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about Austin's favorite film. Yes. The film he picked is uh, The Abyss, directed by James Cameron, screenplay by James Cameron, August 9th, nineteen eighty nine. It was released several different versions. Uh, we. Thanks to Graham, I watched uh, a slightly extended version that included scenes that definitely developed the story much more uh, than what you would have seen in the theaters. And then Austin actually has seen something that's even more extended with like another 30 minutes added yes. to it. So he's going to enlighten us on that. But uh, it's a great film that I rewatched. I don't know if I've ever rewatched it more than, I mean, I never watched it outside of probably seeing in the theaters in 1989. But um, I did, thanks Dang. to Graham and, and the availability of the DVD, thank you for delivering that to my house. That's some serious tech. Um, I was able to watch it, and and as I'm watching it, you know, and then researching more, realizing that some of the scenes, yeah, that they added really propel uh, and add to the storyline in the extended version even more. But tell us why you love the 1989 film, The Abyss. Well, you know, I it's, this is kind of like my love letter to the song, or not to the song, <laughs> to, yeah, to the movie, uh, the Abyss. So there's kind of three versions. You have The Abyss, the theatrical cut, which I grew up watching on TNT with commercial breaks where you're coming in halfway through or in the beginning and you only get to catch certain scenes. No in, nipple in, in areas, that version. Right? It's just straight up 135 minutes. This is the theatrical cut. Then you have the special edition, which has about six minutes added, I believe. They add in some clips building the story with just more of like Ed Harris freaking out on the phone and kind of more like big scenes and character development. Then you have my favorite, the director's cut, which 
dives more into the alien espionage, the NTI component of it. So the biggest thing is when the movie ends in the abyss, it's just like over. There's a kiss and it cuts. You have this whole crazy buildup of these roughnecks dodging explosions, fighting Navy SEALs underwater, holding their breath, swimming like Guinness Book World Record crazy. Seriously. Like they're going through the most crazy in the worst situations, right? So if you're claustrophobic, if you don't like, like it being so cold, like you can see it, it's terrifying. This movie is terrifying in many ways. So with the director's cut, you get the background of what the aliens are actually... I guess we're just spoiling it right now. Oh, we're full-on spoiling okay, this. Okay, cool. If so, you haven't seen The Abyss, you've yeah, had 30 years. So, I mean. <laughs> so I'm going to do everybody dirty. The The aliens show up, and they're in their biomorphic, like, highlighter, stingray, like, technology underwater. So when Ed Harris is at the bottom, they kind of put him on this trial, like this mock trial, and make him watch this sequence of all these news clips of what's going on above, of potential World War Three. And these tidal waves that they're controlling with their technology. And you have Ed Harris, like, he's almost, like, stumbling over his lines because he's so, like, pissed, probably, during this shoot. He probably he, almost drowned that day. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's also, you know, the whole dysfunction of the filming process. So he's like, oh, that's right. You guys use technology with water? Like, he's, like, figuring out the whole time what's going on. And the alien, it's, it's like this E.T. shimmery kind of dude that's like shaking his head with his like little three little bipodal finger like pointing out to Ed. He's like, yes. And you have eight minutes of this scene of him doing this dialogue back and forth, but he's talking to himself and they're showing clips of, you know, what's about to happen. Then he explains, you don't have to do this. Then they show clips of the Holocaust and all the pain in the past. And he's still like, uh, as they're kind of doing a montage of what's going on around the world. So people are running kind of like that, like, I want to say apocalyptic cheese ball, late 80s scene that you just got to have, like almost Godzilla-esque mm -hmm. where people are just like scattering and you have like cheesy um, extras in the back. They're just like eating ice cream and not even knowing what's going on. <laughs> so once Ed Harris convinces these aliens somehow, um, to not destroy the world, the tidal waves freeze and they just stop. Like it's it, his love. The whole thing's a fucking love story. It's a and love that's why story. It ends with a kiss. The whole point is to get them back together, not save the world. The whole point I of the mean, film is to get them back together. One of my favorite lines in it is Ed Harris, like keep your pantyhose on <laughs> like that. Him going back to that line, the whole film, um, the, the entire way, the whole, like continent of these aliens lift and he's just like oh they've been here for a long time and this is what he's typing is like this ship's right this really the city because it alludes in the movie that it's just a couple ships so you're like okay maybe it's like these alien explorers pop down and you know they accidentally clipped an american like like submarine that's carrying all these nukes and they think it's the russians so you have that component but then it's the reveal at the end that it's this massive atlantis Kind of city that's living in the trench that's deep that they've always been there and that's what he's typing on his little uh you know what's that nintendo power glove he's got like a it's almost <laughs> like a, they take a power glove slap it on his suit and they like 
spray paint it. So, so is that Atlantis then? Is that the? I mean, you could you could tie it in. I think definitely. That's where I go with it as a viewer. I'm like, okay, that's like Atlantis. That's like this tech. Like these aliens have always been here and they live in this trench, like under the sea. <laughs> kind of like that's the mermaid. They're the mermaids. Why hasn't Pixar made a movie yet? I mean, <laughs> don't, don't don't put that out them. there. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see them in court. <laughs> so when the whole underwater continent rises and you know the u.s navy chief's like oh my god what's happening and the ships are like rising ed harris pops up hero's journey walking up and the whole crew's like we should be dead right now because they, they didn't go through they the... didn't they didn't depressurize right so it's just this cheesy lines like thrown in i mean that's in the theatrical too because this it's like blended with the um director's cut but essentially the ending is ed harris popping up and then kissing her at the end and it's over Straight, straight to, to the black. Straight to the credits. Yeah, like, straight to credits. Yeah, they got out of there like it was a Steven Seagal or Von Damme <laughs> yeah. movie. Like, boom, straight they just credits, killed so. the guy 60 seconds ago. We're yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah. Like, All you wanted was them to get back together. They got back together. Extra scenes um, is him talking to the phone with her, talking, like, basically Ed Harris, like, freaking out and smashing the phone in the cockpit. And more scenes of the cast and crew dodging explosions and, you know, not having the proper training, not having the time to have the stunt team come in where it's like people are calling out, people are injured, the entire cast is, you know, breaking and having meltdowns, drowning, having, and what, Graham, what did you say one of the, um, the nicknames for the? The abuse. The abuse. The abuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's what the actors and the, the staff on set yeah. referred to the film as the abuse. Yeah. So I grew up watching this original version and not that the ending bothered me, but once I got to the director's cut, and you get this whole ending, it, like it's the cherry on top, right? For this badass, again, love story with the splash of nuclear alien espionage, World War Three's looming, and you have these roughnecks that are deep sea oil riggers that get thrown in the middle of like saving the world, and Ed Harris willingly sacrifices himself to use unknown diving technology to submerge himself with liquid oxygen to go down to then you have the, the disarming the nuke scene, which is just iconic, you know, cutting the black with the white wire. And, he or the green with, yeah, and he's like almost going back and forth, which one's he, which one he's going to do. But you know, what, what is my favorite scene in this movie? I guess I'm asking myself that own question. There's so many iconic scenes, you know, I want to pound on your chest and be like, <laughs> Like when you collapse, Don't die. like you're going to collapse at a Monday night show. Sorry, it's not going to happen. But I'm gonna be like, you've never ran away from anything in your life, you bitch. Don't go now. <laughs> come on, Tim Pyle. Hey, come on, Tim. Leave uh... me. Don't leave me. <laughs> and all the scenes, are, I, I guess Michael Bean, right, with James Cameron, that relationship that he has. It's terrific. That he... <laughs> You're watching him come in. He's like this cocky because he plays coffee, you know, the sergeant of this like Deal team strike the underground, yeah. the underwater strike team, like nuclear yeah. strike team. And he, he pops up. He's all cocky. And there's that um, there's the lot that my one of my favorite one liners. Oh, yeah. It's also like this one liners because we're in the late 80s. So the whole thing is just like, hold on to your butts. Be like, <laughs> God damn, I saw that one coming and <laughs> touchdown. Or she says, touchdown, and the crowd goes wild when they drop it <laughs> in the water. It's just so cheesy and great. 
And of course he gets, Michael Bean gets pressure sickness. I mean, this is like the whole, like really the whole motivation why this, everything falls apart is Michael Bean's character gets pressure sickness and his arrogance to, I guess, be vulnerable and to say like, I don't really feel that good guys. Like, yeah. Dude, he's a Navy SEAL. Come on. He, like, that's why he's cutting himself to make him feel <laughs> like he's like, ah, I'm cut. God, that's rough scene to watch, <laughs> man. And he, he just has that like constipated, stale, like he looks so freezing and cold and gross yeah. and gnarly. So of, so of the th- these three Bane performances with James Cameron, this is probably the best one. Yeah. Without oh. a doubt. Because he, he Kyle Reese is pretty good performance the first time they get out. And then he does oh, what, Hudson in the second one and Aliens. He's kind of understated in that one. He mm-hmm. kind of rides shotgun to, to Ripley. Yeah. Here, he's, he's, he's showing us a little bit of Johnny Ringo, like where he was going to go a few years later in Tombstone. Like, he's showing us, oh, no, I could be a crazy bad guy, yeah. too. No, he's always been a favorite. And he, the, I love the look on his face when his sub starts going down into the trench. <laughs> before it. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, just, he, like, yells it out. He's terrific. Also, when he smashes the... Uh, that Sony Sport Walkman radio, right? Like I'm, I kind of just want him. I want to believe that that's just like an outtake. Like he's just like, like forget <laughs> this, like forget this shoot. Like I'm over it, I'm done. Uh, but yeah, him like screaming into you know the abyss, just like ah, that's like a, a great death scene. Also with the chains. I mean uh, when Ed, when Ed Harris pops up in the pool, the little Wimmer pool, and he comes up and he's holding his breath. That whole scene is just like. Like my your stomach churns because he's sneaking up behind, gets caught. Excuse me. And Ed Harris, <laughs> it reminds me of Harrison Ford when he gets tortured by Vader in Empire Strikes Back. He's like, gah, 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 gah. it's like kind of like, <laughs> like I don't know. It's like these whelps. Uh huh. And uh-huh. It, it like watching it obviously as an adult, I like just find it kind of comical but he's like the most serious part of the movie where he's like about to die and they're in this knife fight and you know he comes into the scene and coffee's just like slowly pulling the chains like clicking him just like <coughs> like like having like a full-on like mental breakdown as he's strapped a nuke to their some little like remote control submersible that also has like the little t- like it has like the um the shark teeth painted on the right. side so like it's all kind of, of like, the world war ii planes yeah, it's all like kind of like decked out like yeah. all artistically so it just adds this cool element to it yeah yeah well and i also like that ed harris hangs with him in this fight with this navy seal who's a badass but i like that they don't overdo it because he doesn't beat him in the end the razorback guy uh hammer hammer has to come in and drop it on <laughs> him oh, no. i like that i like that you know the film didn't get caught up in its own macho-ness that like yeah. we know this this rig Agreed. operator's got to take this navy seal now he got a little bit of help oh, no, i bet some rig operators are pretty oh, I'm tough sure. yeah <laughs> i'm sure but it, i i like the fact that they were like no nah, we had a second guy come in and knock him out he yeah he holds his own i mean what do you think i think michael means that like 40 percent battery life Right. With, with pressure sickness, he's just like, like you know, slowly. Loss like, of blood. Yeah, he's like cutting himself, himself, you know. Um, I cut to feel. And Ed Harris just rough neck. Keep your pantyhose on, baby. Just throwing like those nasty rice. And really, he's just getting beat. And he, and he hangs. He does like the Homer Simpson style. <laughs> but then when Hammer comes in and he's just in the tidy whities <laughs> and he's just like he's just swimming underwater in tidy whitey he's just like clean and he just hammer he drops a hammer time he's like forget about it 
the standout thing is the visual effects because then we get Terminator 2. This is a preview um, of Terminator 2. Yeah. That worm CGI, right. that's liquid metal. Right. That's what's so rad about going back and watching this movie if you're a T2 fan because you oh. see where it's going. Right. Like, this is the seed right here. T2 is 91? Two years later, Two yeah. Years later. And you could totally see it here. You're just like, oh, my God. Like, the seeds were right there all along. And without T2 and the success of that and him, I don't know, getting like a, like a Scrooge McDuck tower of money, like $500 million or something, like God knows how much money James Cameron got after that. He was able to go back and do the director's cut for The Abyss, finish the scenes, put out what he originally intended so that you get that explanation at the end of why the aliens want to destroy the world because humans suck. And, you know, that's kind of just the... Had that been happening at that story. point, really? Uh, with the with the director's cut? Is that like one of the earlier... Really, you know, because I mean, uh, DVDs and VHSs. I mean, did they do that on VHS, really? Director's cuts? I mean, that's there was a little more bit of available that. into the yeah, DVD. Yeah, with that. I was managing blockbusters back then. And there Highlander was, there was, yeah, I know. I just dated <laughs> myself. I know Highlander 2 had like six different versions. You right. had like, uh, I don't even want to get so We're talking about The Abyss right now. I'm not talking about Highlander. The Abyss. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to myself. Talk about all the near drownings. Dude, it is Talk wild. about the rats and the abuse those things suffered. You told me there were four different rats. There are five of that. them. Five of them for that. For that, what is it? Oxygen-rich fluid. That they got from Duke. They reached out to Duke University. I'm... They came down and literally were drowning rats in <laughs> liquid oxygen. PETA would be all over them oh, today. Because oh, my God. They're, they're cutting out because these rats are just, like, defecating from fear, right? So they're just... Well, the convulsion alone. I mean, you, you just lose control of your bowels. Yeah, and the shots, because they just, like, get up in the rat's grill, and they're like, okay, we got to get, like, the rat, like, sucking in this fluid. And it's almost like a history lesson, too, because the, the Navy SEAL... Not history, but just, like, a lesson, like, educational time, because the, the SEALs talking about it to the whole guy yeah. to the whole crew he's like oh it's fine like oh he's just he's taking it in watch him take it in take it <laughs> take in, it in. <laughs> no you're drowning him man you're drowning him man. he's like no he's fine and then they're cutting and then the rat like just completely like loses all the all his food it's just like splatters in there they swap out the o2 re-drown the rat probably just swap out a rat honestly i was just <laughs> stunned to find out that that was a real thing and then they Kind of did a version of it with Ed Harris, yeah, which didn't go so well. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he's having to act, holding his breath, but pretending like he's breathing at the same time. And he's underwater. Having, he's having this fluid put in his helmet while he's underwater. It's like liquid on liquid. Like, dude, it's Lord, wild. what they were is putting that through. The, is that the drive home where he broke down in tears? Probably. <laughs> it was the. Um, it was when he went down into the. From what I read, it was when he went into the canyon to get the nukes. And there was a uh, assistant that swam over to give him oxygen, and he handed him the breather wrong as he was running out of air, and he ingested a bunch of seawater or water. Oh, wow. And so had a partial kind of drowning thing there. And then another assistant swam over and gave him his properly, and they took him up top right then. And I think on See, the way just, home, he had a fear. breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're at that point, there's not enough money. No. And Ed Harris, I mean, such a tough guy, is oh. not upset that he almost drowned. He's upset that he his performance that day sure. wasn't what it should have been. I mean, what a perfectionist. Like this, These films were all shot in nuclear, uh, a, a defunct nuclear power plant, and these were like the cooling tanks, basically. Yes, in, in South Carolina. Tanks. Yes. 
One was like 2.5 millions, but the larger one, I forget. But uh, I mean, millions of gallons. And of it water. was supposed to be like, what, a three month shoot or something? It turned out to be like a five month shoot. Oh, yeah. It, like, I mean, 10 lays, million over budget. Like, everything can go wrong when you're. People are drowning. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're drowning. You're, but they you're, did not lose. I mean, surprisingly, nobody, nothing terrible happened on that set, right? I mean, the guy. Yeah, I mean, it, realistically, nobody did die. We had several almost drownings. Right. Yes. Um, Which, hey. Maybe, I mean, maybe the trauma bond. Like that? <laughs> Underwater? You, <laughs> you know, know I, the, the trauma bond good. you have from it, right? Like, walking away from it. You know, I'm sure they sustained some. You got to be proud of that, though. There's I mean, you're doing something groundbreaking. I mean, I don't know. That's... Well, that's what they were doing. I mean, they yeah. were having to have equipment made just for that yeah. film, diving equipment yeah. that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. that's Cameron right there. That's Cameron. And, you know, you had, so Cameron almost drowns one day. You have Ed Harris dr almost drowns. Famously, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio had a physical and nervous breakdown on the set and almost drowned. In her resurrection scene, right, where he, he's, where they're, yeah, when they're pounding on her chest on the steel yeah, there she, and everything. She left, and, she left the scene eventually and, and said, okay, I've, I've done enough shoots. Yeah. Like, I'm out of here. And then like, Ed just it. had to do his, you know, Sonny, Sonny, the J.C. Quinn actor, also was wanting off the set. Like, he was so done with the movie. He was, you know, one of the other riggers. And he's just like, I'm, I want out of here. When he says it in the movie, he's on the radio and he's like, I just want to go home. That was real. Like, he really did just want to get off that set. Like... I couldn't imagine that. Do you know? Okay, so we know there's the longtime story of Ed Harris punching James Cameron. I was, through my reading and research, was never to find out which, I wasn't able to find out which scene it happened in. Do you happen to know? I, I thought it was the scene where he goes chasing after coffee. And, okay. he's, and he's running um, up and down the, that horizontal pole bar. Okay. Because remember, it's like he pops in and he, he suits up real quick and he has to jump in. But it's like the suit he jumped in wasn't actually hooked up to oxygen. They just pumped him, and he had to hold right. in those scenes. So I, I figured it was— It was probably that scene. Because he jumps in, and then he's running, and then he has to jump again and catch the back of the submersible. Right. And I just—the the way it's shot, like, there's they're long panning shots. Right. So it's, I figured it was just a complete nightmare then. But I mean, there's so, many, there's so many things. There's so many moments it could have happened. I mean, like, maybe what about he was, when he stops the door with his ring? Right. <laughs> and he's putting his hand in a hydraulic submarine door. Right. Like, and it stops on the wedding ring. Like, he could have been just one-hand Harris, like, for the rest of his days. <laughs> like that's And the... that could have been so corny, him keeping that ring, that whole plot line. And then when it comes to fruition there, where it actually saves his life, it's terrific. I well, actually told really you, it's like a love that. story. And what's cool about the, direct, the director's cut is one of the scenes that's taken out is someone noticing his hand is blue. Going to him because out of the toilet. One of the one of the yeah to for the love story party. He throws his ring in and yeah. you know he comes back. Oh, Why did I do that? Pulls it out. Um, and then they add you know it's like a forty five second scene of the hand the purple hand getting noticed and like why he did it and so in again, and out of the water all that time something I just don't I can't imagine his hand stays blue for the whole time. But I mean I, I mean I know he's covered I guess but I just imagine you know the process of what he's doing to get in and out of suits and be that. I thought it was just the chemicals so gnarly for like underwater I mean, yeah, bathrooms. Like, that, yeah. what's the underwater what's, porta potty look like? It's just that blue stuff. Like you can put it in your own toilet. Why don't you try it out? But this is <laughs> maybe it's like military grade stuff. They got high tech in this. Could be. It's like this special composite breakdown. That's that should have been a deleted scene. They're like, we need to use this special uh, 
She should have noticed. His ex-wife should have made some comment She's about like, the I've blue. She's like, I've actually tested know? that. That adds to the love story. I've element. tested that before. <laughs> She's so cocky, too. Like the uh, wife. I don't it. like I her. It. I don't, you don't? No, oh, I love it. So I love Mary Elizabeth. I, she stripped Color Money. She's amazing. She gets nominated for that a few years before Abyss. And then yeah. she does Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves right after that. Like, she's having her moment Mary, right yeah. then. Like, she's Mary Elizabeth's off. having a moment. But her character is such a battle axe in this movie. I love it. Like, I love it. I want to be put in a headlock and be slapped around. <laughs> I'm so down. Like, I love when she gets slapped. Bam. She, <laughs> That's you real. Know, and, and Ed Harris, like, being like this, you know, it, it seemed because obviously one of the de other deleted scenes is she's seeing someone else. And he brings up the suit. Um, and oh, the director's geez. cut. So there's this animosity that she's moved on and she clipped him. So he's still in love with her. And, but they're I both like. the version I watched. She's talking about, or he's the asking suit? about the, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. So you know, you know where I'm at. I think so. I relate. You, you relate to this. So Ed Harris just, you know, he got <laughs> dumped. And she's the top of her field running it up in his grill, just successful. And he's trapped in a, a, rig that she designed that she knows better and that they actually can't survive the experience without her coming down there yeah. i do realize that at one point as much as i just called her a battle axe and i'm not you know i'm right. not a fan of her character <laughs> they don't survive that experience if she's not there like exactly. there's several times she's the one that figures out we got to hook up this oxygen we got to do this like, yeah on top of she makes contact yes right she's the first one in the story that figures out that this is some type of alien craft alien contact she they well i guess she doesn't make contact jammer uh jammer jammer goes catatonic on the uh away mission with the with the seals yes. and um they separate he's like it's gonna be okay jammer just wait for me i'm gonna look in these compartments like what a weird that's another part i love in that movie when they're just like they all are on the same frequency like they're talking like this like face to face underwater like right. you would turn and address someone it's like you're in the dark, upside down, crawling through this like like dead. Like you're not chasm. on an intercom. Yeah, like you're not just like focused on what's in front of you. Like you're gonna turn and address someone properly. <laughs> like, Jammer, I'm gonna go investigate. You're having a meltdown underwater, and there's Peace. dead people around us with the potential of finding a nuclear bomb. Uh, just hang right here. And then you know the <laughs> Jammer, as Jammer says, the angel. I thought I was dead when the angel found me. I think that might have been the the remember the crab crawling out of the dude's mouth. Oh, I so read good. somewhere that that was James Cameron's brother. I, I wonder if that's true. I would. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, bro, I got I got a great. You, you've made it. You're gonna be the dead crab mouth guy. <laughs> You're gonna get the the crab things gonna crawl out of your mouth. But that was a brutal scene too. Yeah. You know you don't see it coming, and then poor Jammer he goes uh, catatonic on us, and he's just convulsing underwater and. It's just that's that's kind of when I think for me, act two or act one, I, I guess it's like where the second act starts to come in. Right. You know, you, the introductions are done and now it's like act two is just all trouble. Everything's trouble. And once Jammer gets back and he's catatonic, everything falls apart for them underwater because then the storm appears. Yes. And they get dragged in this big <laughs> okay so that uh, well, you know what well, we're not doing favorite scenes yet but i'm gonna okay, cut, I, i'm gonna cut right to that because there's there's the diehard moment there where john mcclain goes off the side of the building and he's tied into the fire hydrant and he 
He lands inside the window. Sure. And then the fire hydrant thing falls behind him and starts pulls pulling him. him out the window. That's what we have here. The yes. crane has fallen. It is going down into the abyss. And now our rig's going with it. And that whole time the rig is sliding, I'm having that same feeling I had in Die Hard. Totally. <laughs> and, and boy, it's anxiety. I mean, that for me, in, in that whole movie, that's one of the moments where I'm just like, oh, God. You step into the thriller. You know, it's, it's because the ship's having a meltdown above on topside. It's getting, so the, the rig's getting dragged, going to fall into the trench. Then the crane drops and it lands right in front. Mm -hmm. And you're just watching the cable like yeah. slowly loop up and you're like, uh, boom, it crashes. And they're like, Oh, thank God. Then it falls off the side. Right. And then I think everything's all right. No. Uh, not so fast. Nah. Nah. And that's again, the, the entire experience of this movie is you have, it steps into so many different types of genres where again, you know, Tim Pyle, hard on his sleeve love story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have the thriller aspect, this action sequence of these really cool iconic scenes where it's edge of your seat, right? The, yeah. Like that's in 1989 when you're going to the theater. Like imagine seeing this in an entire like room full of people that's not stadium seating, right? <laughs> you're like elbow to elbow in old school. Like I was. I maroon. did see this yeah. in the theater. See, and I didn't get to it. I'm, I'm TNT flipping channels popping up on this you know like okay it's still this part's still here okay cool yeah where does this one rank on your favorite cameron movies uh oh it's top. that's a tough question this it's is top. number one oh, absolutely i love that absolutely i love that this is number. i one. have no problem saying this is my number one cameron and then you know then i go t2 judgment okay. day right and then i go avatar okay so uh, avatar 2 is good you know it was kind of like you know avatar meets the griswolds like national lampoons kind of thing like yeah. He's like, we're the Sullys. We stick together. Like it was sick. Like I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued that you don't have aliens or the first Terminator in there. They're amazing too. But I, I go, yeah, I go the I abyss it. because again, this, this film. I mean, my favorite part is just the whole espionage, sure, nuclear bomb disarming with aliens underwater, falling. Like your ex-wife shows up. She's your boss. And he's having to manage the personalities of his team that are only doing this for triple time. See, that's the whole. Triple time. They're only doing this for triple time. Are you kidding me? No, it's triple time. The the government. The no. It's a scene. <laughs> he's like, we're prepared to pay triple time. So they're all like, oh, let's go, like triple time. I'll I'll Easy clock peasy. it. Yeah, we're gonna go do this. No and way they're just, in hell. They're sifting am I through, that? you know, a sarcophagus like dead. Like in unknown circumstances with so many unknowns, and they're going in for triple time. And with the leader of the SEALs who's having a complete pressure sickness breakdown that they, you know, it goes over the heads. They don't even see it. Right. Right. And then there's the kind of a mutiny aspect where now they're all like buddy, like friends and they live on this rig. And right. like they're just in their bedroom disarming a nuke. Like they just have this nuke now in their room and they're like spying on each other with submersibles through windows and like <laughs> watching it on a, he's like, wait a minute, they got a nuke in there pops in like it's just it has it's so fun this movie's so fun it's, that's why it's my favorite that's awesome i yeah. the, the triple pay thing is just crazy yeah, i, I would have never done that for triple, <laughs> they do pay. It for triple pay yeah that's like, not enough you know what my favorite part is too much pressure by the selector oh <laughs> well that's that's let's use that to segue into the soundtrack here <laughs> yes um 
there are there's only two songs in this movie. Yeah, compared to two, our last film, which, which had a ton of them, full of, of yeah, contemporary the, this music one at has the time. Willen from Linda, Linda Ronstadt, which gets the cast sing along. That that's the one that gets the big moment. Mm -hmm. And then you have the selector at the beginning, yeah. too much pressure, which I knew our ska guy here was going <laughs> to jump all over. Um, oh, I love it. Two songs. <laughs> we just have the two songs, and then we have this score from Alan Silvestri. What do you think of Alan? Oh, uh, uh, great, amazing. Yeah, like it. It's uh, it's kind of where I get my love for very droney, you know, beautiful deep scores that I pop on. I mean, dare I say, my boy Space Wizard in space <laughs> kind of situation where it. As a six-year-old, and you're like watching this movie, and it's like down. I'm like plugged into my TV, like, uh, you know, the soundtrack. It kind of adds to again the murkiness of it, the the deepness, yeah, the how everything's themed. You know when the aliens are coming because it has the little alien theme, right? Tranquil. Which you look at movie art, not movies, but shows like Stranger Things, where you could, I could totally see those guys pulling from that kind of themed score-wise looking at the way it is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I like how he, you know, at the beginning, there's the opening theme has kind of the snares, and it sounds a little more military, and you're seeing Lindsay show up and the military yeah. guys. And, and then you have the wonder of the soundtrack. Whenever you see the aliens, mm -hmm. there's always more of a wonder to the music. Yep. That's like, my favorite part of it all is the, the alien sequences with how the score changes yeah all that that's always what it is because as a kid i like again that's the auditory i know what's happening in the movie i'm like oh okay it's alien time. the mood yep i'm like it's alien time and i don't know i think a lot of people know hans zimmer they know john williams you know they know those big names and i, I think alan silvestri gets slept on a little bit yeah. and i think it's insane because he works to this day he's the marvel guy he does a lot of the marvel yeah. stuff now he did endgame like but i mean this guy Damn, this guy did Predator. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, and he did Back well, to the Future. Well, he's on that top five list. He did Back probably. to the Predator Future too. soundtrack's pretty wild. He did Back to the Future too. But Predator is the <laughs> great action score. I mean, when I listened to that movie, I even told my my nephew when I was back in Kansas, told him, "Hey, we're watching this movie. We're getting halfway through the movie, and I'm like, what do you think of this music?" And he's like, "Man, this music's pretty good." By the end of the movie, he's like, "That soundtrack, like, you know, the movie's great." But mm -hmm. that soundtrack just goes next level. I mean, Alan Silvestri's Pre killing it in that movie. Predator and Abyss are in the same universe. And he's on that run. Yeah. Alan Silvestri's on a run. He drops Back to the Future, sure. Predator, and the Abyss within a few years of each other. I mean, and, and he works to this day. I mean, he, he, you know, he's done so much stuff. Forrest Gump. I Damn. mean. He did Gump? He did Gump. He did The Bodyguard. He did Judgment Bodyguard? Night. Judgment Night. Like. Which, uh, granted, the thing that we like about Judgment Night is the rap rock soundtrack. There, there's a weird connection with The Abyss uh, Extended and Dances with Wolves when you brought up Costner. Was oh, it like, because Dances with Wolves is what me. like broke the the length. The time. It broke yeah. the time barrier. Right. And that's what, you know, The Abyss wasn't going to, it could have been that movie. Yeah. Right. If if he would have just had the sequencings done. Right. If, if it would have got the shots he wanted, you know, if. If everything just would have worked out and right. they would have done the original director's cut, that would have came out. It would, it could have, I think this would have been 
Yeah. You know, because the new Avatar movie. is at what? Three oh, and a half hours or something like hours. that. Now they don't care. Three fifteen. Oh my whatever. god! It's oh, they don't so even care anymore. Now we're well. well now go. I can watch it at home. Well, at every least. movie's three hours now. Yeah. Good lord! Terrifier two was like two and a half hours Whoa. long. I mean, yeah, even a trash throwaway horror Why flick like that. Do, you know, when I went and saw that last uh, Tarantino film, and it, they they did a whole recreation of like what it was like to go to the movies back in the day, and they had like the little opening they had a screen up and they're playing the music so you know you come oh, in yeah, before yeah. the movie starts but they had an intermission on these damn long movies why can't we have intermissions that's I, my that's my two cents. i'm down for it i know i know are used to it at home if sure they, i'll pop i mean pause i have to i have to go into movies dry now i can't drink or eat anything anymore because yeah. i don't i don't want to piss myself i'm sorry i can't do that i mean i've gone to one of the bougie theaters but i'm not Drinking no. and eating during a movie, and yeah. I, I miss important really scenes. Really don't want somebody next to me getting their food and eating yeah. and drinking while I'm watching the movie. I, no, I can so see right I now that. if I was if but an intermission would be nice. If the theat- if the director's cut made it to theater, and you know it's this two hour and fifty minute abyss. It's like the dream. I go back in time. That's what I do. <laughs> right. That's that's my thing. I, I invent time travel. I go but back. He barely missed it because, like you said, Dance with Wolves was just two years later. Yeah, he barely and it was missed three it. hours. Well. And and Goodfellas was that same year, and that was over two and a half. So, and it's all the movie theaters yeah, fighting because they want to be able to get that extra Turn screening in, in, in the <laughs> but, day. But Cameron was pushing the release date too. It was supposed uh, to be yeah. early July. And Real political. Up, well, that's because yeah, it ended up all the way in Hollywood, baby. But Industrial Light and Magic wasn't able to do some of the effects either. There was some delay with that. I mean, I think it took six months just to do the aqua uh, eyeball, whatever. Oh, uh, the the tentacle. Yeah, the tentacle. The, the yeah. water tentacle yeah, that like thing. that comes through and yeah. like puppets their faces. Yeah. It's like, hey. And the, the tsunami scenes, that, that was incredible. So if it, if it would have got done right, yeah. my luck would have been, like, smashing an extra large soda, and I would have, like, had to go piss, and I would have missed <laughs> something these, key. Yeah, something I key in, the, in, in these moments because, again, my favorite, and I haven't said my favorite scene yet. My favorite scene. Let's do the scenes. Yeah, let's get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene uh, is Coffee with the Chains. Um, that, to me, like, is is this film when I think of the abyss and I think of like what these actors gone through, I can just see the pain of the shoot in his eyes. And he looks like he's about to like completely collapse. He's like dehydrated, constipated. He looks like he's been on like chemotherapy for six months and he's clicking this chain is Ed Harris. That entire sequence, that fight scene, the woman pulled the chain done. It's great. That's, that's for me. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that scene is terrific. That and the crane scene just scares the crap out of me. Yeah. Also, uh, Ed at the end, when Ed Harris dives down to get the, the nukes. When he goes, what, how many feet down? Uh, 20,000 feet? 20,000 feet or something? Yeah, no, it, mean, it's 20,000 because... There's a point where they say, you're the Carl Guinness, you're the world yeah, record. Yeah, he, like, goes, he goes, he hits 10K, and then the next call out is when he's at 17,000. And then he hits the bottom. And it's like at the end of the abyss, you get the reveal, right? You get to see this underwater city and you just, you, we don't even get explanation of their tech. They're like this kind of underwater alien yeah. that they, they swim in this bat ray kind of style. And the whole movie were teased with like, is one, is the tiny one a baby? Like, was there like the mom and the child? Oh, right. Like there's the just- first one. These weird, like, as as we're going through and we're having these, like, we're making, con- the characters are making contact with these aliens. Yeah. Going through it that coffee thinks are Russian, like, 
um, untested Russian submersibles. Right. You know, and he's just having like a complete meltdown. Um, uh, Ed Harris, like holding hands with the alien, like flying into the <laughs> underwater city. And it's like, there's a shot so where he looks like but a little what, doll. What are the creatures and what are the, cause the alien is inside the manta ray looking yes, creature. Right. Yeah. But when we see the manta ray looking creatures, like the little tiny one that we see, mm -hmm. is there an alien inside operating that one? Those are autonomous, their own thing. It's almost like it's representing their solo, you know, the one that they're operating, their, their device. Absolutely. No, totally. Or like that, yeah, but there's, a, we only see one alien, right? Yeah, so that looks like that. That has the hands and what we think an alien Well, is. no, there's three of them up there, aren't they? When they're judging him. That's right. There's there three yeah, guys yeah, okay. on the yeah. sides, yeah. There's like the court of, of manta ray aliens yeah. like pops up. Yeah. Because but the other creatures earlier on, we don't see aliens in them, do we? No, it it's looks just a the ship different. that spins. Yeah. It has that inner yeah. engine. Because those are the, like going through all the scenes where they make contact, right? The opening scene, which I love because it's the whole shooting of that is a failure in itself. These actors are just getting doused with like fire hydrant level of like so when the submarine crashes right but when they get nicked with that when the ship so that's like the first if we just see light right? right it goes by it then we see when when jammer gets the alien contact when he's when they're back on the sub doing the rescue mission which is just wild in general right. that like they're going back to like try to find someone right like in this, nobody's alive no one's alive on that so, they shouldn't have sussed, they should have sussed that out. Yeah. Like they, these military guys just showed up. Nobody's alive. Wait a minute. There's some other cargo on yeah, here. So, like they could have smelled So as a viewer, you're just like, you're like, what's going on? So then there's Jammer. Then, then when his ex-wife is out doing some repairs, she gets two. When she's out on the crane, that's when we see the little one yeah. shows up. And she's trying to take photos of it. She touches it. Touches uh, it. Has her whole experience. I think that's more than I would have did. I wouldn't no. have touched it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It probably would have swallowed her up. I mean, <laughs> it, it would have like 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 tested the water. I don't know. So, but again, with the extended cut, the director's cut, the aliens have been down there a long time, so they already know, yeah, everything that's going on. So yeah. it, it kind of adds this element of like they know the nukes there, yeah, and they're like, oh, you're about to nuke us. Like, well, the the thing comes in and sees it, and then you know backs out, yeah, and then because uh, that's the. Th that's the third time yeah. when it comes back with the seawater tentacle. Right. And her first instinct is to taste it. That's what's dope. <laughs> and she just pokes it in the forehead and like sucks on her finger. She's like, seawater. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> if that was his blood, now you're part of it. How many takes? Do, like, what if he would have been like, okay, now say saline. Now say like freshwater. Interesting. <laughs> like, She's like, I want to paint. I want to do some more colorful dialogue on this. Be like Starbucks, <laughs> right? What What if it would have come out of the toilet and that we get a little like bookended scene and it's just like the water that like decomposes the thing. It's just like all toilet water. She's like, oh, toilet water. Like what? Um, I also love the scene at the end. The, the, you, you mentioned it before, but the judging scene. Oh yeah. I I think the judging scene the is alien terrific. court. Yeah, it's the alien court because he's like, you know. Who are you to judge us? And, <laughs> Dude, and, then the, and then the aliens are like, oh, yeah, here, the Holocaust. That's who we are to judge you. Yeah, like, you're trash. You're like, trash, dog. You're trash humans. And you're messing it up for us because we're part of this. We're in the water. You know, we're on this planet with you, too. And you're messing it up for all of yeah. us. This is, this is our home tomb, bro. And then that's kind of where the big waves come in. They're like, look how much we could F you up if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah, like, and they, they step back, take it away. And then it's Ed Harris educating um 
the world, I guess, as, on his keypad is he's like, as he's rising, right. some of the deleted scenes are him talking, like, they're really, they don't like watching us hurt each other. They don't like seeing us in pain. They were children that need to be taught a lesson. And he's just like typing this on his, um, they're not wrong, on his power glove. No, oh. not at all. <laughs> so he's on his power glove doing this. In the theatrical, they cut all that. And the only scene is, I think, uh, keep your pantyhose on. I'm coming up. <laughs> and they go more roughneck, which, like, give or take, that's still, like, I like that that was the only thing he said in theatrical is just, like, keep your pantyhose on. Right. Because when he's Yeehaw. when he's in the alien court and they're, like, with their bat ray, like, mech suits, yeah. and they're, you know, showing him, like, a, a time-lapse reel of everything that the human race has, like, done wrong to right. this poor, like oil rigger who's thrust into this story hey, bud yeah bud <laughs> virgil virgil fair enough <laughs> poor virgil's just down there like getting judged for humanity which i like that you know how long have they been down there right right so if we go like how actually they've been like i would have liked if they would have thrown in some like caveman stuff or like they go back, like they throw in like some Renaissance stuff. They're like, you guys had powdered wigs. Like they're just like power moving him. They're like, oh yeah, this whole, like they like throw out like a trash like music scene. They're like, and you guys like, you listen to this right now, you're trash. <laughs> like they just completely belittle him. Well, but I do like that they, you know, when he's finally like, when they're, he's like, why, you know, when they back off the waves and yeah. he's like, why did you do that? And they show on the screen, you know, of, sacrifice that he knew going down after those nukes was a one-way ticket he was sacrificing himself for humanity and the aliens look at him and go oh this is the one good guy we're real mad at humanity right now these people suck but this guy this this is somebody we can talk to but you can't tell me with the damn alien advanced technology why couldn't they defuse the bomb themselves because we had to do it ourselves or do something with it right we had to learn a lesson somewhere they could have delivered it to new york city no, they're, they're just going to swallow him. it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're watching him with their underwater sea tech as he's, like, struggling with, like, the lighting from his glow stick. Like, is it, let which it, wire? Let it be said that a glow stick, green, glowing color doesn't help you differentiate between things. Well, that's what I know, right? <laughs> now. Like, we're gonna, I'm going to be in a moment, like, it was just like the abyss. I know what to do. Don't cut the first wire. <laughs> it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> you got a 50-50 shot, Jack. <laughs> I love that that reaction. Phew. Oh, he's like has his eyes closed and he like opens them back up underwater because as he's falling to 20,000 feet, he's like basically having a, his nervous systems like failing. And you think he's like, can't, he can barely talk. But then yeah. when he gets down there, he can disarm this nuke and unscrew it. And he's like totally back. He's like touchdown. Like he has. Well, that like, was something that the aliens created. It's just like how when they raised up and didn't die from decompression. So the they must have done something yeah, to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it yeah. seemed like they, they came up, probed you when you were they sleeping. They came up with that on the fly. It almost seemed like <laughs> oh, they're, they're like screaming at each other at, on set, drowning like in fist fights. And then they're also actors, right? And then they turn like this scene isn't really working. Like I think we need to have more of an explanation of like why we just popped out of this like deep sea rig. Because again, they explain in the movie that it's going to take a week to depressurize. There's a space element to this, too. Sure. I mean, that's what's cool is they're basically in space with... Uh, I wonder if he was like, what would it be like if aliens but underwater? Exactly. Right? The uh, who, What's the guy's name that was in Scrubs? The the chief doctor. Because he has a... He's one of the um, Navy guys. John C. McGinley? No. no the the, the, the older guy. guy. The older guy. I don't know. 
Chris he, Elliott's too distracting he, me. Chris Elliott, Elliott man. Well, that's what's great is because he just goes on a freaking run after that. Yeah, this is the beginning of Chris Elliott, but Chris Elliott isn't really a... He's been on David Letterman, but he hasn't even had Get a Life yet, his TV show, like, when this happens. Like, Chris Elliott is right at the beginning of his run. <laughs> Cabin Boy's still five years away. Like, Cabin Boy's great. This guy's... Yeah, and it's, it's, it's funny because Chris Elliott is a nobody <laughs> at that moment. Oh, yep. But when we go back and watch the film, we can't stop looking at him because we know who he is. Like <laughs> we're like we're just waiting for that funny smirk and that funny. Line. Yeah, I mean it's like, got a great crew. Like uh, like the acting's just great. Like yeah. I mean, and then you know I guess when he uh, is doing CPR, when right. when she convinces him, no, you're a stronger swimmer than me. Yeah, um, I'm gonna die. And you can bring me back because it's cold enough. And they're just yeah. like, just as the water is like rising. Yeah, yeah. That scene is terrifying. That scene scares the crap and out of me. And he carries her dead, uh, like runs across she, the bottom. She did that scene. Yeah. That blows my mind. She, she let him drag her through that scene underwater. That, wow. No I don't think it she, was her topless. I don't. No. No wonder <laughs> she had a meltdown. I think like, it's a body double. I think I it's you. a body double. Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. But when he's pounding on her chest and he's yelling, he's like, you bitch, you've never backed away from anything in your life. Ah. He's like, that is, it's like, I've seen so many different TV edited versions too, <laughs> because that's the other part is how much on like public act, like they chop right. up these movies. Right. So they've gone through and changed it. But that seems just super powerful. Um, Ed Harris does an amazing job. And then probably like my other favorite Ed Harris movies, Milk Money which is just a weird kind of like romantic comedy. That and Melanie did. Griffith, right? Yeah. yeah. I liked him in that. I loved him in Stepmom. Like, yeah. he kind of does like some weird like roles. And then Apollock's great, but it's like, again, he's playing Jackson Pollock, so he's just like this complete nightmare of a person. Right. And then I think he got his, I think he took home some hardware for that. He does good stuff. I mean, yeah. Truman Show and oh, Apollo damn, 13. Tru Truman and, Show, he was so oh, good. He's nominated oh. for Apollo 13. Like That's he just, right. oh damn, Apollo 13. He just so. had this consistent mm -hmm. John Glenn and the right stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. he, I was I was trying to figure out if, if there was a run here with Ed Harris and I looked at his IMDb and I'm like, no, he's just consistently uh, awesome. He keeps popping. I yeah. like that he's a bald man and he's a leading man. <laughs> and he's a, and he's a tiny guy. Yeah. He's a tiny guy. I mean, in this movie you can he's got that New York ball cap. Yeah. And they're just all of them are just covered in grease. Yeah. Like they got grease on their cheek and on their chin and they're like leaning. That's what I like in the beginning when they when they have the introductions of all the characters and you yeah. get you get um, uh, each one of the riggers, right? You get Jammer. He's like, oh, this is the hammer. And then you get the hammer. You get Hippie with his rat. You get Hippie me out the you whole get time. You get Hippie the rat. Um, you get Cowgirl. Uh, one Night Standing. Hippie's got good taste in music, though. That's what I'm saying. Hippie's dope. And then, um, but probably when the crew starts getting picked off, when the dude drowns, right. Ed Harris can't save him. And yeah. he's yelling to cut the hydraulic hose. Yeah, that scene's great when yeah. he's screaming and you just watch that full pounding on the glass and he's just like dying. Yeah, you're like, he oh probably my was. God. <laughs> yeah, no, he, they're like, he's like, well, it's gotta be realistic. So like, technically, you can die on camera. Like, <laughs> they heard of fluid-rich oxygen. It's like, it, the rat was fine. So, <laughs> so we just need you to hold your breath and act like you're breathing. <laughs> well, I also love that Cameron took so long. It was such a perfectionist with this film that. The other movie companies find out that he's making this underwater adventure. So they go into production on Leviathan and oh, Deep yeah. Star Six. 
and Damn. both of them come out before the abyss and they start production <laughs> after the abyss has already started. Of course. Like they're they know that he's doing this. They're like, we're going down below. And they rip him off before his film can even get to the screen. He's that slow about it. Yeah. Did well, you watch Sequest? I didn't. The show? Yeah. It's Sequest it, is badass. It's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah is yeah. that a Cameron thing? No, but I mean, I'll be real. Like when you go <laughs> when you go down, like when I go down the rabbit hole of underwater adventures, like Sequest was a phenomenal show. And I think uh, Jonathan Brandon's, I forget his name, but yeah. he's the, you know, RIP. He was in Sidekicks, which oh, is like, okay. I know you're which about. completely random, but like Sidekicks, if you watch it, like it has this crazy kind of, has this dark undertone of like, he's slowly becoming the active shooter, which like, you Jeez. know, that's what I take away from it. But anyways, in Sequest, um, they kind of, I like to believe it's in the same universe because they use that dolphin tech where they start like linking up dolphins. And that's all that the abyss is missing is some kind of underwater, like they have the submersible little homie with the paint. Right. But like you take it a step further, you get some dolphin tech in there. You know, they're like neuro linking dolphins. Dolphins make every movie better. Right. Um, Johnny <laughs> Mnemonic, where like he's hacking with the cyber dolphin. That's right. like, that's in the same kind of fluid that they use in the abyss. So you can really start connecting like tons of this. It all starts with the abyss. Right. Right. Underwater adventures, like you can't go wrong with it. Again, alien, nuclear, World War Three espionage that's a love story that ends with a kiss. <laughs> then they're standing on top of an underground alien water city. And there's just no explanation. It just, like, mic drops. I got to admit, uh, going back and watching this, I it was kind of fourth or fifth on my Cameron list, and it might have moved up a little bit. Because okay. I do have much more. I'm glad you recommended this movie to us, because in my head, I'm going Terminator, Aliens, probably T2. But, you know, now I'm like looking at the abyss again. I'm like, this movie's better than I remember it being. Like, uh, I mean, that was groundbreaking. I mean, that you yeah. have to, it stands out for various reasons. It's not maybe being a favorite by any means, but then technology. For, for No, for well, me, for, yeah, it just depends. But like, that technology, it's like sure. when we started to see something new. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a fan of, like, they use models in this film, like yes. the, the boats and when that's all happening and rising, they're using, you know, practical, small scale models. You know, I love that in filmmaking. That's kind of a lost art. James Cameron, I think, is really good at, at u utilizing that still as a thing because it's more analog um, rather than, you know, going to see any of the All blockbusters the scenes, now. right, where they're driving. When Then it's like a weird chase battle when they're in their submersibles, like fighting and ramming each other and chasing right. the nuke and barely grabbing it. And there's so many sick preview shots where, like, she comes in. It's like, that's the preview. Like, it's just, it's it's really iconic, but it looks better as a practical effect. Right. And it's, we're at that cusp of, like, you're still using practical effects, but then, like, washing it with, like, digital. Yeah. And then now we're in, like, complete digital. Like, <laughs> yeah. We have Is there people any practical act, effects? Yeah, there's the nothing anymore. They're like, ah, we're not going to spend any money on that. And this movie, like, got bled to death with how much, like, practical effects were used with it. Just, and then, like, you brought up the technology they had to create for the movie itself yeah. that's still in practice suits, today. All the communication, yeah, everything. But utilizing the liquid and getting rats to defecate on camera. No, and, and that's, again, when you bring that up, just like them cutting because the rats just like crap themselves in there. And they're like, cut, okay, clean it out. Why can't that be New the rat. Uh, blooper cut? <laughs> it's like the, the blooper scene. They're like, where is that technology today, by the way? If that's such a real thing, I wonder, what do they utilize that for Good anything? Good question. I mean... 
They've not actually. Well, they, maybe mean, they, they saw the rats shitting themselves and just said, "We're out of here." I mean, <laughs> they're like, they're like, "All right, it's we like got a colonoscopy. You we gotta got to clear yourself out first. <laughs> we got so, the rat tech down." I want to know what the ring was made of, though. Was that like titanium? Like, how does it stop a? I mean, dude, hydraulic door like well, that. And then you think about like that door's holding seawater pressure. <laughs> yeah. That they're at the bottom of the ocean, so it's well, like. Well, and he's really working out his real life stuff here because Gail Ann Hurd is his wife. They're divorcing during this movie. She's yeah. a producer. Miss Walking Ding. Dead, she's the producer of this film, yeah. and there, this is there's some real life stuff going on on the, on the screen. They, they were already separated. They were by the already time separated, and he's out. with Catherine Bigelow from Point Break. Right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I like this that moment, yep. For those of you that have listened, we had a podcast. That's the previous one. I don't know the it was order around but the anyway. same time. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we did Point Break in our recording sessions here, yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna spoil been, that one for you. Yeah. The lovely and talented Austin Mann. Uh, <gasps> Austin, it's so good to see you from. Uh, it's good to see you. Just guys. like Jenna, Captain Osmo, and of course Oz Fontaine, the current project. How do we find you on social media? Um, we're on every platform that exists. I always just tell people whatever, how you want to experience music, just type in Oz Fontaine on that and we'll pop up in any medium. I mean, we have records, tapes, streams, videos, clips, stories, merch. memes, merch, everything. That's one thing that's cool about playing shows is like, I don't care who you are, like be a fan. Like I'm such a fan of music and just like going out that just watching people play and get, getting new music and new sounds and do just you, experiencing it. Do you go to the movies currently? Oh, I go to the movies all the time. What's the last movie you saw? Little Mermaid. Nice. And what's the next movie you're going to see? Spider-Verse. It's incredible. The animated ones? Yeah, I okay. saw it. I'm going to pop. I heard, it's I've heard beautiful. The, I've heard the Transformers film is actually really good, too. Have, have you it guys should seen be. That? I Here's... mean, that that whole, like, franchise has been kind of doomed, you know, with, like, the leads. Like, they just can't, like, really figure yeah. it out. But I'm I think worried it, about the Indiana Jones. I've, I've read some really crappy reviews God, we so got far. Matt Madsen in it, though, dude. Like, I yeah. have I don't know... I mean, again, it's like Indiana Jones, you need practical effects. We go back to the abyss of why yeah, this film was so great. awesome is it's yep. practical effects, the acting, like James Cameron, again, pushing the actors to the breaking point where they're like having complete mental, like they're... Actors have it too easy. They just go in front of green yeah, screens You got to drown. You got to drown to entertain close me. close to death. Yeah. Entertain <laughs> me, bro. They literally don't make them like this anymore. No. For yeah. reasons. I don't yeah, think you can. No, I, no. I think it would just be, uh, they'd be crippled with lawsuits. Yep. <laughs> I'm Tim Piles. This has been Soundchecks Flicks. We are from the Casbah. Graham Stevens is my main co-host. And Graham, anything you'd like to add? Uh, thank you, Oz. Thank you, wonderful. guys. I'm so happy to have you. Hello, SCF fans. Tune in next week. We're going to head down the yellow brick road. Yeah, we're going to talk to some munchkins. It's the Wizard of Oz next week. Now, I'm sure you've seen the film. But watch it again and then listen to the podcast.